0: Welcome to episode three of Who To Be A Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Raj Baines. Rory's not with me this time. We've got a bit of a treat. Um, sports editor here at the Huddersfield Examiner, Mel Booth, is with me. Mel, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Just smiling at that introduction. Well, it's a treat. People know you in this town. You've covered Huddersfield for longer than me and Rory probably added together. <laughs> um, so you you know the club better than most. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about is... The fans are obviously aware of how big the changes are. There's physical changes at the ground going on. But as a journalist, you'll be able to recognise sort of the change in interest and the change in attitude towards Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. How's that been for you? Has it been a bit strange to see suddenly all the Nationals down at the ground and all the changes that are happening?
1: I, th- I think it's exactly what we expected and anticipated because we've we've heard of it from other clubs who've gone up in the past few years, especially with the Premier League being as it is now. I mean, it's huge for everybody, obviously. And um, in terms of Huddersfield Town, I think the general perception in the past, apart from those of us who work locally, has been that there really hasn't been a lot of interest in Huddersfield Town. They've always been treated as a small town, backward, you know, small town sort of country club. Yeah. Um, and now of course they are in the Premier League. They're mixing it with the big boys. We've heard David Wagner <laughs> speaking especially about the interest in Germany. Yeah. And saying how massive it is in Germany because of his influence and obviously the German players who were on the books. So over there, they're taking huge interest. There are fans who have gone to Austria. I know it's not very far, but yeah. they've gone to Austria to, to, to check up on the German players and to meet them and to watch town training. So town have gained fans over there. But they are now in the big league as far as being Premier League club is concerned. And that's huge in terms of publicity and everything surrounding marketing uh, and media. So, yeah, yeah there, there are changes Um We we've been aware of them for a while, Uh, but it's fantastic to see the interest. It really is because um, you know the club has deserves this spell in the spotlight, and let's hope it's a very long spell. (laughs) Um, Is there a sense of pride as well, given that you know
0: people call them little old Huddersfield Town? There's often references to past glories, and you know all the the big moments in Huddersfield's history has happened in black and white, and this Mm. is sort of a modern day version of that, if you will, and perhaps even. A comparable achievement given how much money is changing, how much, you know. Huddersfield had the fourth lowest spending in the Championship last year, fourth lowest budget, but they mm. still managed to come up with Brighton and Newcastle, who were some of the biggest spenders. Mm. Is there a local pride in the fact that it, it is a small town and we are punching it above us weight? And you know we'll be there with all the London clubs and all the the high spending clubs, your, your shakes and your your mm-hmm. oil oil men from Russia. But there's a a bloke with you know who's bought his local team with his card factory money.
1: Yeah I mean it's it's not easy obviously for anyone to compete at that level it's a, it's a huge thing with the amounts of money that that you're talking about and the size of the clubs who are in that particular division so it's it's a completely new thing for town obviously as we've seen the, the record transfer fee has gone out the window several times <laughs> already since uh, Christopher Schindler scored that penalty so it's uh, it, it's completely new for town, really, and I think they've they've done it remarkably well. They've done it on exactly the right level. They've not they're clearly not going to break the bank. They're trusting in their instincts to bring in the right players who can play in David Wagner's style. And suit town style, and are not going to break the bank they 're not going to do as some clubs have done in the past and really if you know when it comes to years past if they have if they do get relegated after the first season, some clubs have really struggled with that. Hopefully town won't get relegated in season one and they'll be established and they'll be able to, you know, do a Bournemouth, for instance, a Burnley and, and get themselves established in the middle of the table or certainly above the bottom three anyway. But it's I think they've done remarkably well with the business that they've done so far, spent about the right level of money, I would suggest. Uh, to give themselves a chance of being competitive and I think that's exciting for everybody it's certainly been the most remarkable summer transfer off season <laughs> that we've ever seen really uh, and you mentioned the history of it obviously going back into the into the 20s town with the you know the best football club on the planet basically and yeah. um, they were the champions of this country that made them champions of the world effectively Um, And, uh, you know, that history has has carried through an awful lot of generations. Um, And, you know, through to 69, 70 when they went up last time and 72 when they last dropped out of the top um, division. There are obviously uh, people around who can remember that. I can remember it as uh, as a kid. Uh, And you never thought you would see town back in the top division again. It's quite honest. Nobody ever thought it. Even five or six years ago, it was... Uh, a tall order <laughs> and you know in, and before the dean hoyle era a very tall order yeah so you know it's it's a very remarkable thing uh fans are rightly excited about it and the club are, you know they're, they're doing the best for everyone and to move the club forward into a, a fantastic new era what are
0: you looking forward to personally the most about the premier league experience because obviously the grounds you will get to go to to cover them and the teams that will be coming i mean last season when we had that small fa cup run with manchester city in the two legs it was it was surreal seeing those star players you see on match of the day turning up at the john smiths yeah. and that's going to be a weekly occurrence now there's every big name essentially that there is will be playing here is yeah. it You know when Manchester United rock up, is that going to be a a bit of a pinch yourself moment?
1: Yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? Because (laughs) you know it's 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 not happened before. You know Liverpool have been down here. There've been various. You know we've played top five clubs, Chelsea two or three times, League Cup and. Uh, an FA Cup, um, an Arsenal, of course, but you know it's they've been few and far between, and I think there are three or four clubs in there. You mentioned Manchester United, Tottenham's another one, uh, who Town haven't played since those days forty odd years ago. You know, so yeah. it's 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 a massive thing, and as you say, these people are global stars in football. The the, yeah. the people who are playing for the top clubs, and uh, to see them down. Uh, down uh, in uh, you know down Leeds Road at the John Smiths is <laughs> going to be uh, incredible for everyone really, and it's uh, it's marvelously exciting and something that's been long overdue. Although you couldn't really dream about it a decade ago, you know you you were hoping that Town could establish themselves in the Championship uh, and and become regular Championship sort of contenders rather than um, having a shot at the uh, at the top flight. But other clubs have done it. In the past, and I think town very much deserved their shot. It really is. We've seen the positivity around the whole place. The whole town has been so positive um, since uh, you know that the end of May and, and winning at uh, Wembley. So I think it was about what nine weeks ago. It's been nine weeks of absolute joy, really, and it's uh, it, it's great for the club and it's great for the town as a whole. You've
0: dealt with uh, David Wagner more than most. You've obviously seen him since he came into the club and probably seen him on a weekly basis since then. Um what about him do you think makes him such a special coach because I don't think any of this success would have really happened without his introduction at the club and the way that not only the players but the fans and the town as a whole have sort of brought into his idea and the way he comes across is something quite unique is that something you picked up on early on?
1: Yeah, I mean he it's, he it's, it clearly is a guy who does things his own way and he came in with his own ideas Um, he um, certainly convinced Dean Hoyle and the club at the time that this was a route that was worth going down and he came in and absolutely nailed it he convinced the players that this was the right thing to do he brought his own ideas and of course he's got that charisma that people want to play for him he gets groups together, he bonds them and he's, he's done that superbly well. He's done it in a different style completely to what you might call, in inverted commas, the traditional English way of managing a football club.
0: He was the first international coach at Huddersfield have ever had, is not he? Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: So, he's, you know, he's done it his way and I think he deserves enormous credit for that. This is a tough school. Playing in the Championship and trying to get the team promoted to the Premier League is no easy ask for anybody and to achieve it in the shorter time as as he has is truly remarkable it really is so he deserves full credit for that and doing things his own way and knowing the players that were needed to bring in to achieve that um, yeah, there, there's some close calls along the way, and you know he would he would say himself that it's certainly not the finished article, but he's determined to make them competitive, and the players that he's brought in this summer are certainly geared up to make town competitive in the top flight.
0: Me and Rory, when we come down here and lock ourselves in this room, we often talk about the way that that town play and and how the football seems more intelligent than what the money suggests it might because. The clubs that go up to the Premier League often, they're defence first, they're reactive, and they give teams... There's a certain amount of respect you've got to give those teams, but perhaps they give them a bit too much and don't play their own game. Mm. That's never been Wagner's thing. He, no matter where he's gone, he plays his own brand of football. Mm. Have you seen anyone, or any town team for that matter, for a long time, play football in the way he has made this team play?
1: No, I mean, I think the successful teams have naturally pressed high on the opposition i think that's happened from the mick buxton teams particularly did it um you know back in back in the 70s and early 80s and um, that that comes from being getting the recipe right and yeah. being coached properly and doing the right things uh, and you find that most of the successful teams are the ones who cut out the silly errors so they don't make those daft errors and town have certainly got to do that this season they've got to make sure they're not making silly errors because they will get punished. It's, it, it's an obvious thing. But I think teams in the past have pressed naturally, um, particularly the successful ones. It seems to happen like that. The 69-70 team did it very well. Uh, the one that went up as champions of the old second division. Mick Buxton's teams did it very well. And there have been occasions since when you know when Town have, uh, have enjoyed success, but it's not been in the same way, and the same style and the same formation that David Wagner's had the team play. Um, I think that's something uh, new. It's something which has been bred in coaches in re- more recent years, and he certainly brought it to the fore in an, you know, in an exciting way at town. I mean, the the football since he came in has been so much more enjoyable to watch. But not only that, obviously he's brought success with it as well. So the two things. Married together have just been a revelation for Huddersfield Town and for the fans and you only need to look at the numbers of people who will be watching them next season to see how much that's appreciated. Um, I think the, the crowning
0: jewel at the club at present is Aaron Moy, even though he's not the most expensive signing anymore, he's somebody we've described as being the most important. Um, And a lot of town fans often describe him as one of the best players, if not the best player they've ever seen Mm. in a town shirt. I mean, the way that me and Rory talk about him honestly is somewhat erotic. Um, (laughs) He's fantastic. Um, I don't want to ask you if you have any
1: erotic thoughts about Wy, <laughs> but do you enjoy watching him as much as we do? Absolutely. He's a terrific player, isn't he? And, and the, the fact that Town have been able to get him from Manchester City, you, you know, he's not played in the Premier League, so yeah. he's got, he'll be going there with something to prove as well. But, I mean, he showed an awful lot of ability last year, which was recognised not just by those of us who watch the club regularly, but by people who observed... Um, on, on the occasions when, like you mentioned, the Man City game, and, and the, well, he didn't play against City because he couldn't, but people mentioned the quality around Town, and when that was mentioned, Aaron Moy was always to the fore, and, and, and that sort of quality, um, and to come, you know, to come over from Australia, be signed by Manchester City. I think the fact he was signed by Guardiola shows you what they thought all about him. So, um, you know, the, the fact that Town have been able to get him, I think, is a fantastic coup. And uh, he's going to be at the heartbeat of everything. Really, he was last season. He showed he could do it, and I think that with that point to prove, he's really going to go on and want to succeed and want to prove that he is the business at top level. And he's a, he's a terrific player. He reads the game so well. He appears to almost stroll, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> he's a, he, he he sort of strolls through it, and you think, well, oh, he's popped up again, you know. And then he's on the <laughs> ball, and he rarely gives it away. He uses it well. And uh, I think it helps the whole thing flow, and uh, you know I mean Aaron Moy is gonna. Everyone was saying they were just delighted when he signed, um, because it's it it showed a. Eh, the ambition that town was showing and throwing at this transfer window that they could get in a guy like that who'd been a real star and it showed that they were determined not to let this opportunity pass them by and also it showed the quality state laid down a marker for the quality that they were going to try and add and I think that was very important for the club early in the in the transfer window and and there again I think it shows. Uh, with the ones who followed, that uh, you know, Dean Hoyle has has listened to David Wagner and the uh, uh, and the homework that's been done and the types of players that would fit in, uh, and I think there again, Aaron Moy knows all about David Wagner. I think David Wagner will bring the best out of him, and the other signings. People talked about Tommins, you know, adding for but I think this is a perfect move for Tommins at the perfect time. David Wagner will have, be a big influence on him and bring the best out of him.
0: You um I mean, you picked up on something there with with Aaron Moy having something to prove. I think that sort of feeds into the team as a whole. David Wagner's had a lot of said about him. The club have been written off quite a bit. if you check with the bookies, they'll have your favourites for relegation and there've been folk talking about you know, lowest points totals ever and whatnot. We're not strange uh, strangers to having a, a bit of a chip on our shoulder in Yorkshire. Something we're quite proud of. And I think that's something the club are gonna have and I think it's something that David has picked up on with his terrier identity and, and calling us small dogs and not shying away from that underdog status, mm. is that mindset you think going to be a, a weapon for Town going forwards? The fact that you know they're they're proud of themselves, they will have their backs up, and they'll they'll want to shock a few next year.
1: Yeah, I think it has to be. I think it's it, it's a good mindset to have um that you know you you know you've got to maximize every element of your game and i think that brings players to to a certain point where they are maximizing what they can do for the team and uh, as long as everyone plays their role and knows what's understood you know is understood of of them then i think that's absolutely great that they they know exactly what the job is about they know it's not going to be easy they're up against world-class opposition most weeks and you know they'll want to make the most of every single minute of every single match. And if they can come away with points, early in the season especially, I think that's going to be really good for the team and the confidence and the, the way that the players approach it going forward. I don't see them being frightened of anyone. I don't think they really need to be frightened of anyone. They just need to go and play their own game, play it to the best of their ability and, and apply themselves to what they do best. And then they will be able to pick up points, I have no doubt about that.
0: The last thing I'll ask you is um, both me and Rory have uh, have stuck his neck out and said that we don't think Town will be going down. Um, we essentially said that you know anywhere from about eighth to bottom place where you know anyone can finish. Really, if you're not in the top six, then it's pretty much all to play for. Do you agree with that? Are you quite quietly confident with how they're going to go this year?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be. Su- I wouldn't be surprised to see Town challenging. there's you know, everybody's looking at the bottom seven or eight places. <laughs> it's only natural that you would. But I certainly um, I, I think Town are going to do better than most people think. And, you know, fingers crossed, I'm very, very hopeful that they'll stay up uh, and surprise a few people along the way. Everybody's saying to me that they fancy Town to not be in the bottom three. So, you know, that would be great news, wouldn't it? And, uh, you know, another season at this level could only do the club and the area good as well, and um, you know I think everyone should be very optimistic and give Town every support that they can. It's not going to be easy, massive opposition on the way down to the John Smiths, uh, and you know you've you've got to hope that along the way Town will play some really good matches and they'll pick up some good points. That's for sure.
0: Excellent, thanks very much for your time, Mel. Um, I'm sure you'll pop in and out of the podcast further down the line as the, the season progresses. No problem, would love to. Thanks again to to Mel for coming on. Um I described it as a treat. It was a treat having sat through the interview. Um I hope we can get him on more down the down the season, down the line. Uh it wasn't down the line though, given we're in the same room. Coming actually down the line though, uh, via a speakerphone given the internet in Austria is terrible. Uh is Rory Benson. How are you, Rory? Yeah, yeah, really good, mate. Um I had a good
2: day uh following the team around today and typing up some
0: stuff before uh, getting a bit of dinner tonight. Excellent. Um, Just to quickly explain, we tried all the internet things, we tried all the fancy technology we've got out of our fingertips, but the thing that seems to be working best is sticking a microphone in front of a landline that's on speakerphone. So uh, if anyone thinks that this audio quality is bad, they should have heard what we were dealing with before. But if we crack on... um, I'm going to ask you essentially the same questions your hairdresser would ask you after a holiday what's the weather like how's the travel what's the atmosphere been like Is it, you know fill us in for anyone that's sat in Huddersfield and doesn't have the opportunity to go out to Austria yeah it's a uh,
2: it's a really really nice place um, can't complain about the weather it's been boiling hot uh, I've been melting pretty much all of today and I'm sure the players have as well because I've been doing more running around than I have um, so yeah no it's we looked we at the players hotel today where they have an immediate day. Um it's a really, really nice place. Um and yeah, the, the players seem to be enjoying themselves. The atmosphere is good in the players hotel and it was also good at the open training session today where about fifty fans were there um with watchtown train for about an hour and then uh, after the players had a little dip in the pool to, to cool off. You know, the, the fans got to meet all of their stars as well. So yeah, it's been been really good. The atmosphere atmosphere has been great, and uh, I think you know David Wagner couldn't. I know you can see why he's chosen this place, and I don't think he could have asked for a better day or, or a better atmosphere today, at least, and, and hopefully for the rest of the week.
0: Is, have you sort of got an idea of why he wants to be then? Then because it's a little bit out of the out of the way. They can sort of have the time between themselves. The squad can, you know, be in each other's company more than they may be elsewhere. And it's sort of, you know, is the word idyllic sort of um, fitting in this scenario? Yeah,
2: absolutely. We we spoke to David today about um, about why why Austria, why Kirchberg in particular, and he just said. You know, they, they had their Austria pre uh last year after, after going to Sweden as well. He um, said, you know, most of the squads bonded now, so they didn't feel the need for a, a sort of Sweden every man for himself kind of thing, team bonding exercise. But, you no, know, he said the food, the, their experience last year was a, was a big influence. The food's always good. Uh, the weather's usually pretty good. Uh, it's been boiling these last few days. I think it's, it's due to rain later in the week. Um and yeah, he just he just said it, it was nice to get away for a week when the, the season sort of round the corner and the build-up's going on, and you know you can feel the, the hype around the town and and around Huddersfield being in the Premier League. So I think it was a good decision on his part, and you can see why because I, I think it'll give the players time to settle down and you know time to. So just being around one another, get to know each other, uh, especially with the, the nine new findings that they've brought in this summer already.
0: Have you got any sense of them bonding or anything? I mean, we've seen loads of videos of them diving in pools. and uh, They all seem to be in their boxes most of the time in sort of open water. Um, does everyone seem to be fitting in okay? There doesn't seem to be any clicks building up or anything? No, not
2: at all. I think is you know, one thing that stood out last season to me was, was this incredible team spirit they had. And all the new players seem to be to be buying into that as they did last year. Uh Steve Mooney, you know, joking around with with the Elias Kachunga and some of the players from last year, Casey Palmer seems to be getting on with him very well. Um, you know, Lauren De Potcher is like is again having a laugh and a joke and I think the one thing that you can say about town which you maybe can't say about other teams is that You don't really see certain players together all the time. Obviously, Kachunga and and Hessler are good friends, but you wouldn't say that they only hang around with each other. They're they're all mixing together, mingling. Um, And just watching them in in the training session today, they did a little sort of passing drill, uh, three three groups of them. And everyone's just laughing with everyone. There's no one without a smile on their face. And I think... I think the atmosphere helps, the fans being there, but also you can just tell that they seem to be getting on as a group as well. So everything we've seen so far in Austria has been positive.
0: What about the, the fitness? I mean, we we had a, a quick uh, view of them against uh, Udinese, but with the warm weather and the is it is it double training they're doing out there? Or does all all that seem to be adding up into increased fitness?
2: Yeah. David was saying, David Wagner was saying that uh, they had quite a tough day yesterday. Um, the, the media day overran slightly because they had a hard session this morning as well, and most of them just wanted to sleep. So I think David Wagner, Christoph Hula and then Andrew Hughes are really trying to trying to up the fitness this week. Um, David said to us that his, everyone will get 45 minutes tomorrow uh, against Stuttgart, and then. Just to build that fitness. And then against Torino, we'd see something more like the team that he's thinking of. Um, so, yeah, I think he said that, after the that he just wanted to give people and out will get minutes and legs. He's still sort of in that situation, but it's definitely building now. And, and by the end of the week, on, on Friday especially, we should see what David Wagner is thinking um, or something similar to what he's thinking of as a team to take on Crystal Palace the week after.
0: What was the, the media day since you mentioned it? Um, we saw him live on Sky Sports because we've got it on in the office here because uh, the test finished early. <laughs> essentially, we, we turned it over and that was David Wagner. Um, it seems to be a lot of increased attention compared to last season, obviously, given the, the Premier League status. But was it a bit of a, a circus there? Because you guys sounded like you had your hands full today getting to speak to as many people as you, you could and everything.
2: Yeah, and to be honest, there wasn't there wasn't too many people. The problem the problem lies work for people who work in sort of the print media is that you have Sky and you have I T V and you have BBC there as well and they all want to get their own footage so and and you know, in a, a two minute interview that you might see on Sky Sports they need half an hour of footage and you know, they they sort of out the bits that they want and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was it was a it was a long old day, but you know we got to speak to a few players, uh a couple of players, got to speak to David Brandner, spoke to Andrew Hughes as well. Um and yeah, we got, got a really good feel for what for what the atmosphere is like. Um obviously there is a bit of you know, sky Sports tried to do as much as they can and, and there's a bit of a delay, but to be honest. Sitting in the Austrian sunshine, we weren't too fussed about that, and uh, you know, typing up what we'd had already and that kind of thing. So, no, it's been it's been a really good day, and, and to see them training and getting on the way that they were, uh, that was also just
0: a just a massive positive. Was there anything specific that, that stuck out from what Wagner and what uh, Hughes were saying? Is there anything sort of you hadn't learned before, or was he shedding light on any situations that um, he hadn't previously?
2: I think one of the main things that he spoke about was, was Mackie Wells and the situation there. So he's obviously, not, he's not come out to Austria with the team. Uh, he's got an ankle injury. Um, according to David Wagner, he got a screw put in his ankle after an injury about 10 years ago. Uh, and he might be needing uh, some sort of small surgery to remove that now uh, because it's causing him some pain. Um, I think it, this has been a subject on quite a lot of town fans' lips because. You, you weren't sure beforehand if it was an injury or if, you know, with all the rumours linking him with a move away, whether that might have something to do with it. But, um, no, David said it, it is an injury. Um, hinted that they, there could be a move for, for Naki Wells, but he wasn't going to get drawn into, into any speculation or I think Reading has been the team linked with him most and he didn't say anything about that. Um, so yeah, he, he kind of shed a bit of light on it, but didn't give too much away. Obviously, it's, it's a delicate time; you don't want to say a team's in for him or something, and then and then something break down. So, no, it was, a, it was an interesting conversation, but nothing nothing majorly um, pressing from it.
0: How is it speaking to to Hughes? Because he's not somebody who often gets the limelight. Given that David is so good with the media, he usually takes those responsibilities head on. Uh, was it getting a different perspective on the the coaching side of things and his opinion on players and how everything was going?
2: Yeah, absolutely. He was, he's a really interesting guy to talk to, uh, especially because town are playing Crystal Palace the first game of the season. Obviously, he was, he was a coach there before we came to town, um, so we got a nice a nice angle on that first fixture. He said. It's a great club. There's there's loads of people that you know he's still friends with down there. So yeah, it's nice to talk to him about about Crystal Palace and also his view of Austria and also his view of David Wagner was really interesting. And the the praise that that he gave to David Wagner, you know, it, it just shows how much the head coach means to not only the team but also his backroom staff and how much they believe in the philosophy that he's brought in in his short time at the
0: club. So is it? Um, sort of refreshing to get that sort of an access because during the season, it's quite hard to get into the club. Obviously, they've got so many games to play. There's so many different things they need to get through. The media um, access isn't always the greatest purely because everyone's so busy on on either side. This preseason has given us a bit of a chance to sort of speak to them in in better length than we have otherwise. Does that? give you a bit more of an insight into how they're planning for the season and, and sort of what shape the club are in as a whole going into the season?
2: Yeah definitely I think, I think you can tell as well because they're in Austria and it you know it's kind of a getaway for them as well. I think you know, everyone was much more relaxed it, than they would be sort of halfway through the season especially going into a Premier League season um, and one of the major differences last year was obviously town in the Championship and you play so many more games at the championship that you seem to have a press conference twice a week. Um, and there's not that much that happens in between. Yeah, there's one there's one match, but then, you know, there's, there's much more to talk about and you can talk in much more depth now going into the season and, and sort of asking what will change, what will be the same um, after their incredible season last year. And I think one thing... But I would say is that again, David Wagner was putting no limits on the squad. Um, and we spoke to Andrew Hughes as well. We asked what he thought would be a successful season. um he did say, you know safety is is obviously where they want to be, but he would describe the success as just an improvement on last year. so if they can if they can be entertaining if if people want to watch them, then they would regard that as a success as well
0: how was the the open training session because it's not often that we get a chance again to to watch them train they're quite secretive about that during the season obviously with with little tactical quirks between games and and with preparing for certain opposition they want you know they don't want anyone to be leaking any of their training information because sometimes it can give you an idea of of who's playing or you know how they're preparing whereas in pre-season especially with fitness it's a bit more general did you get an idea of sort of how the squad works, who's the leaders, who the better trainers are, who's maybe slacking a little bit more? And, you know, you we get to see behind the scenes that likes of John Iger and, and Christopher Bueller at work in, in ways that we haven't before? I
2: think seeing Christopher Buhler, I think, is the thing that stood out to me today. He was very vocal. David partner's much more relaxed. Um, he, he kind of watches from the distance, uh, I'd say, and you can see that he's thinking all the time. He wants to see certain things from certain players, whereas Christoph Bueller is his sort of mouthpiece on the pitch and in, in organising the drills and everything like that. Uh, I would say today that, you know, as you said, town are very secretive because of that style of football that they play. They were never going to train today uh, and run through technical things about how they're going to beat Crystal Palace on the opening day. Uh, it was much more. There was a warm-up, the goalkeepers warmed up, and then they everyone sort of rejoined each other, did a little passing drill, and then it was a shooting drill, and that was about it, to be honest. Um, so it was much more focusing on technique rather than sort of analysing any yeah, opposition and, and working on positional things. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was interesting to see how the squad worked together and how Cristiano and David Barna worked together. Um, there's nothing that I can report really, which would say anything about how Town are going to play, either tomorrow or or in the first Premier League game against Crystal Palace week on Saturday.
0: Which players stood out to you on the training field? Though, is it sort of um, is it a similar sort of situation to what it is on the field? Is it the same players who tend to take the lead on the field that uh, have the same position within the squad off it as well?
2: I would say. I think Tommy Smith was very vocal and he, he obviously, he was in the same uh, passing drill as, as Dean Whitehead and surprisingly he was probably more, more vocal than, than Dean. I think he's, he's his season as, as standing captain last year has really sort of brought him on and, and he feels that responsibility now. Um, I would also say how, just how relaxed everyone is training together, that everyone's joking around all the time. Uh, obviously they're taking it seriously but it's nice to see the atmosphere you know, the the sharp passing that the drill wanted, to see that married with everyone having a good time. I think that's something that you probably don't get at every football club. So in terms of in terms of who impressed, uh, obviously in, in the shooting drill, Steve Moody was, was excellent, um scored some some pretty fine efforts. Uh, Mark Hudson with a bicycle kick as well, that was that was uh, one of the highlights
0: said he went full joel lynch
2: he did he did indeed yeah um that was a that was a superb strike and then uh stop Malone as well it was it was really hitting the ball crisply so no it was good uh it was, uh it was a good training session to see and it was i think they obviously put the, the shooting drill in there because the fans were there and you know who doesn't want to see steve mooney lashing the ball into the
0: what have the, the atmosphere amongst the fans been like? Is there quite a few of them from Huddersfield or you know, we've seen there's Dresden fans there for Heath and there seems to be a lot of interest in Austria and Germany towards the club given, you know, the personnel and the manager. Uh is there a nice blend? Is everyone getting on? Is there sort of all that excitement that we feel at home in the town? Is that replicated there in Austria as well? Yeah, definitely.
2: I think there's uh, obviously there's a lot of people from Huddersfield there. There's about fifty fans in general, I'd say over half of them from Huddersfield, but Dresden fans are there as well in the Dresden shirts and a few of them there in Huddersfield shirts. Um and and some locals though just just, you know, looking forward to seeing a, a Premier League football play in front of them. So the Premier League Football Club. So yeah, it was it was a really good atmosphere on you know, beers flowing and that kind of thing. Um, and it was nice to see at
0: the end as well the players came over to the fans and thanked them and signed autographs and took photos of them as well. So, no, it was a great day. I think the, the players enjoyed it and the fans definitely enjoyed it as well. There's, There's been rumours back home. I'm just wondering whether or not you've heard any uh, reverberations over there of a uh, Yadam at, at Barnsley, obviously the right-back, given they've taken uh, Kavari on trial, they've extended it again and got him out on the tour as well. Um, he's apparently turned down a new deal at Barnsley and there is some whispers that he's considering or maybe he even has put in a transfer request with this Huddersfield uh, interest there. Is that anything that... Did anybody ask Wagner about it? Is there any whispers you've heard around the town at all about that happening? You know, was Kavari sort of looking over his shoulder in training?
2: Um, I think... That... <laughs> It, and that's obviously a rumor that's been sort of going around, and I don't think it's obviously they've got Cavare on trial, and it's not a secret that Tam um, are looking for another right back either as cover for Tyson or someone who can push into that position and push him on. Um, we did ask David Wagner about you know, and you know would, would he be someone that he'd be looking at? Um, he said he didn't want to get drawn on individuals because if we if, if we said anything about you, Dom, you'd have to say anything about everyone. So, um, obviously, it's again, like I said before, a delicate time in the transfer market. Uh, I do think there's there's interest there. Whether they've been in touch with Barnley or whether whether an offer had been placed, um, he wasn't going to get drawn on. But no, I think he definitely won that that town are looking at. Uh Kibare obviously looking at as well, but he's picked up a, a minor injury, so he wasn't in action today or yesterday. Um so we'll see if he plays tomorrow. Um but yeah, like I said, it's you know a right back is something that town are after, whether that is Yaradom or whether Kavara will will get a contract, uh, James Barnum wasn't wasn't gonna confirm either of them today.
0: Have you had any sort of update on Jonathan Hogg at all? Because um we saw him uh, sort of stumble off um, limp probably is a better word against Houdanese after being on and uh, that seemed to be more of a precaution than anything serious but was he drawn on anything did he give any sort of time frames or has he been around about in training or anything I
2: didn't see him today um I think it was a twisted ankle that he suffered against Udinese. So David didn't say uh, give a a specific time period, but for a twisted ankle, I don't think we're looking at at too long. Hopefully, he'll be uh, available for the Crystal Palace game. Uh, Like I said, he wasn't in training today, Um, so hopefully, we'll see him later on in the week. Obviously, he did travel with the club, so they're, they're thinking that he might, you know, play either play a few minutes on Friday possibly or, or just get some training in. So
0: so you don't imagine he'll be be playing any part tomorrow?
2: I don't think so. As I said, he wasn't training today, so I, I would doubt that he would play any time tomorrow. Obviously, as I said, that everyone would get 45 minutes, whether that includes off and hog, he wouldn't be drawn on again. But uh, I would... I would doubt that he would play depending on, on tomorrow morning. Actually they've got a training session tomorrow morning, so maybe if he if he's back for then he'll get a game. But from what we saw today, I don't think he would uh I don't think he'll be playing a part tomorrow.
0: We've had a couple of, of questions in from listeners. Uh, as we always encourage if you tweet us on OTBA pod or at our email address which is podcast examiner.co.uk the first one came in from Michael Kelly on Twitter, who said, "Is Wells better in a 4-4-2 or the 4-2-3-1? Because he, the assumption I think is that he's better with another striker besides him, um, rather than the lone striker role he played last year. And and did, you know how well did he do last year, given that he was put into a system where he may not have been the ideal fit for that."
2: yeah i think i think one thing i would say i i don't think it's the formation that really makes any difference uh for Nakiwaz. I think it's just the way that how play now um he was the focal point um, last year he, he was the main striker uh, sorry two seasons ago and he won, he finished top scorer I think now the emphasis is much more on. Defend not defending from the front but putting putting the yards in, and maybe because he personally I think he played really well when, when he got sort of used to the system last year. Um, but I think just in the system that Wagner plays, because he's putting more yards in, he maybe doesn't find himself in those goal scoring positions as much as he did. Um, whether he would play better with, with a second man up front, I think it probably would, but I think he would because then the running would be shared out between two of them and, and one of them would always be in and around the box. Uh, when you play with one up front in the system, that part the plays, you know, Wells finds himself picking up the ball either side of the box, you know, picking up on the halfway line, people getting around him, that kind of thing. So, I wouldn't say it's a sort of 4 one system which maybe hasn't made him as clinical as he was. I just think the amount of running that players have to do in a Wagner formation
0: that probably is detracting from the positions that he find himself on the pitch there is a, uh, I think there is sort of a thinking amongst town fans sort of a, a shared belief that he'd be better off with a more physical partner next to him to play off um, but as you say that's that's not something that is going to happen under Wagner because we know the system he plays we know the style of football he wants to play and that's not really something he's ever going to adapt into, uh, especially not to accommodate just one player. Um, is that sort of one of the contributing factors as to why you think he's not been offered maybe the contract he's after, and you know the club aren't too shy in saying that he may leave. Uh, I think it, it's the more one Matthew McEwells
2: because he always he's spoken about how he wants to play Premier League football. You know he wants. If, if it's with Town then then great. Um, I think the position he finds himself in now though is that Town have brought in Steve Mooney who's going to be their main striker next season. You know, he can't not be when you pay £11.5 million to someone. Uh, Lauren Depocha gives them another option and probably an option which would suit the Premier League a bit better than Wells because, you know, he can put his body around and, you know, at least, I think he's proven as well that he's, best, that he's good with his seat, Depocha. Um but he does offer that option of lumping it in the box as well um, because he's, he's good in the air. And then after that, you know, Colin Kwan can play up front. Elias Kachunga has, has proven that he's a goal scorer. So I think for Wells now, he's probably feeling like, he's, you know, he might be third, fourth choice next season. Um, he's spoken about how he wants to be in the Premier League, but do you want to play in the Premier League if you're not actually going to get on the pitch? Um you know, I, I do feel a bit sorry for him because he's, he, the work that he's done for town over, you know, years at the club, uh, he's proven that. You know, he, he'll go down as one of the better strikers that, that town have had in the last however many years. Um, but you know, it, it might be might be that time for him to move on because the system. Mackie Wilding is a, he's an out and out goal scorer, That's what he brings you, and that that's probably not what David Varnum is looking for.
0: I think there's there's two types of sale as well, isn't there? There's a, a sale where the player has forced it through or the club wants them to go or there's a sale where it's mutually beneficial and this may fall into that second category um, you know you, you often see when players return to town, whether or not they get a hostile reception or a very warm one, this doesn't often tend to be that middle ground um, I imagine that, that when Wells comes back to town, if he does leave and You know, the day that he ends up playing and gets to town again, I imagine he'll be somebody who gets a a warm round of applause and is is clapped on and off the field when he gets substituted, if he is, um, rather than the people who perhaps left in more acrimonious circumstances who, you know, aren't given the the kindest of of welcomes when they they come back. No,
2: I completely agree with you. I think. (laughs) You know when a player moves on there's there's always a real of fans who think oh well you know he's gone or whatever but I think I think naki what what he's done for the good, cause he he did keep them in the championship with his goals two seasons ago now um and I, I don't think you can underestimate that you know David Wagner always says we know where we've come from um and I think the fans will know where they've come from and I think the fans will know who who was there for them as well when when they were in uh, in in a a poorer
0: time in their history. Yeah, I agree. Um, the second question we had sent in was from Dave Bolton again on Twitter, um, who's asking us about Sean Scannell who's playing playing at right-back more often than not when he's got minutes in pre-season. Um, and he just wanted to know, is that, is that something that's going to continue on into the season? Is it an experiment that is doing well? Because it's something he'd be interested in seeing. Uh, have you had any sort of, you know, Insight into that while you've been over there. Um,
2: we haven't seen them play yet, so I, I wouldn't be able to tell you if, if he's still playing right back or not. Uh, I think when he was playing right back, Tommy Smith was injured and Dimitri Cavare was wasn't. It wasn't in the team, um, so I think that's that's the reason we saw him there. Uh, I, I I know that he doesn't really want he doesn't see himself as a defender, and uh, I don't think he was particularly pleased having to play there. But you know. In a Wagner in team, you, you do what you're asked to do. So, I don't think it's something that we'll see throughout the season, especially if sign another out-and-out right-back, whether it be Cavare or Yid or Dom or whoever. Um, but, yeah, I think I think he's got the attributes to do it if he, if he wanted to. And if Wagner saw it, I think he's proven what he can do. So, you know, we'll, we'll see in the season, but I don't think he'll be one that we'll see, you know, regularly in that position.
0: OK, that seems um, fair enough. Is there anything else from, from Austria at all that you need to fill us in with?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Obviously, uh, just a game tomorrow. Uh, VFP VFP's still got in Schwanz. So, uh, you Is that be... far
0: away from where you are? Uh,
2: it's about 40 minutes, I think, in the car. So we'll be there from probably two hours before kickoff. Uh, getting as many videos and pictures and that kind of thing as possible. And we'll be running the live vlog as usual. So uh uh if you wanna keep up to date with the game you can find all the uh, all the action there. Do
0: you know if it's been streamed or anything, uh a Town doing anything or is Stuck doing anything or or you know the uh, like
2: Town is streaming the game live on H-T-TV, I think. Um, and you can find out for I think it's about about four pounds a month uh to see those those preseason games so yeah, uh, you can you can follow there. You can follow on the examiner. Um, and we'll it'll be on Twitter as well. So, yeah, we'll try and keep you up to date
0: as possible. Perfect. I'll I'll let you get back to to sunbathing and, and having all your beers and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: that's definitely not what's happening, mate. <laughs> Getting back to writing
0: the stories. Yeah, I refuse to believe you are working, Rory Benson. Um, but just to, just to close. Uh, the podcast off we'll obviously speak again on Thursday so we'll have the other side of Stuttgart so we'll know who's played and how they are played and you'll be able to tell us all about that game is there anything planned after that, that match tomorrow? Uh, no that will just be the, the usual stuff um, I'm not sure
2: whether David Byron will be us after the match I assume he will um, and yeah we'll, we'll try and get as many players as possible if, if, uh, if we can so yeah, we'll, we'll try and get all of it on on, on the examiner website and, what's, on, and through sort of Twitter and Facebook.
0: What's the schedule on Wednesday looking like?
2: Not been given it yet. Um, Towner, uh, I think that'll be Towns' rest day because um, they've got obviously the Torino match on Friday, uh, and then Thursday they'll be in training for that. Um, so Wednesday's looking like their rest day. So um, I imagine it'll yeah. be some sort of shorter gym work and that kind of thing and maybe the afternoon off um, and I think they've probably earned it from what from what we've heard about today's and yesterday's training session they've definitely earned a bit of time off
0: Are you? Is that your day off as well? Are we going to see pictures of you in your underpants running into a
2: lake? Oh, I'm 24-7 working mate, you know mate.
0: <laughs> Fair enough um, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's OTBA Pod. If you want to send us any questions, any questions for Rory in Austria, uh, podcast.examiner.co.uk, Examiner.co.uk, we'll we'll pick them up. Obviously, you can subscribe on Audio Boom. You can subscribe on iTunes, and we'll we'll speak again on Thursday. I'll speak to you then, Rory. Thanks very much. Yeah,
2: see you then, mate.
1: Ik wil de allernieuwste telefoon.
2: Niet omdat het moet. Nu bij Tele2, de Huawei P20. Omdat het kan. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou.
1: Niet
2: omdat het moet.